Goosebumps, number 13, Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, by R.L. Stein. Play it again, hands. Practice till you drop. Dead. When Jerry finds a dusty old piano in the attic of his new house, his parents offer to pay for lessons. At first, taking piano seems like a cool idea. But there's something creepy about Jerry's piano teacher, Dr. Shriek. Something really creepy. Something Jerry can't quite put his finger on. Then Jerry hears the stories, terrifying stories, about the students at Dr. Shriek's music school. Students who went in for a lesson and never came out. Listener, beware. You're in for a scare! Thank you for joining us here live in Hollywood. We are live. Are we live? Are we good? Yeah, we're live. Are we? Um, we're yeah. at the Let Live Theater. Uh, we just, listeners all out across America and the world, mm-hmm. um, we just listened to uh, a song that Matthew recorded Ooh. when he was young about piano lessons can be murder, which is what which is what we're talking I about. I recorded today. a CD. Okay, fine. So like, Tell us. I recorded a CD that has, um, and Alec, who's in the audience, helped me do The Girl Cred Monster. I was just, I get bored really easy, obviously. And so I recorded a bunch of songs, and the lyrics are literally the back of the books, and I sent them to R.L. Stein. And the thing is, you guys, if you send R.L. Stein he anything, re- he responds. If you email him or if you tweet him, he will, he will, he's always gotten back to me, and he always tweets people back. So I sent him the CD in the mail, and he sent me a letter back that said, My son Matt does music stuff. I'll pass it on to him. Very cool and spooky. So that was jovial. Isn't that amazing? And he's tweeted about this podcast before. The best day of my life was when he, he retweeted me. Yeah. Best day of my whole life. He, he's really good. He's really good with social media. He'll tweet you back. But anyway, enough about me. So what I'm saying, listeners out there, we're gonna play that song at the very end of this. Yeah, episode. yeah, yeah. If you make it to the end. Ooh. So um, yeah, we're talking about piano lessons can be murder. Goosebumps number thirteen. We all just watched. Mm-hmm. The TV episode right now. Terrifying. Ridiculous. Isn't it completely ridiculous? Hands. <laughs> Beautiful hands. Beautiful Mom. hands. <laughs> we were we were backstage hopping around like Dr. Shriek. Um, did you guys recognize Dr. Sh- the actor that played Dr. Shriek? No. We're, I'm gonna jump into it. He is the he's the um the first episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <gasps> Tell the Phantom Cab. The cab driver? He's not the cab he's driver. He's the guy in the, the... He is the sort of per- creepy professor that's in the woods. Yeah, yeah. Which, isn't that interesting, though, that that episode has somebody that doesn't have hands driving a cab, and then this episode is all about I hands mean, that don't have bodies? Gotta hand it to him. Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Um, so this book uh, it came out in... When was published in... This was a... It's a winter. book. This is book. November, right? November 1993. November 1993. 
1993. And, uh, and so I do this thing. I reread the books. If you guys are listening, who've listened before, you guys have, I was going to say watched before, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, if you guys listened before, I have a, a grade in the top right corner of all the books because I reread them when I was 16, when I was recording the album. Um, and <laughs> I, I, gave, I gave this one a B plus, and I stand by my man. I yeah, stand B+. By it. I think it's a B plus uh, for sure. I've seen the TV episode way more than the thing is. I like the book so much better than the TV episode. You do. I do a lot, a lot better. Well, I really do. Well, let's talk about. Let's that. get into it, girl. Um, I'm I'm Matthew Scott, and this is my brother Daniel, by the way. Oh yeah, hi. We, I guess we didn't do that for them. Yeah, we're in West Hollywood live. Yeah, cool. Um, so. We're gonna talk about the book first, and then we'll jump to the episode. We talk. Let's talk about this cover real quick. Ooh, let's talk about. Do you guys it. see this? Ooh. It's like very Adams Family. There's a, p- a pair of disconnected hands that are playing a uh, piano with a blood red background. I'm living for it. It's giving me life. You know, when I was looking at this book, this is such deep colors. Mm-hmm. At least the red. That I'm, dis- I'm disappointed that we haven't talked about the colors of each book. We talked about it a little bit. I know, but I'm, I'm disappointed that we haven't actually given the. Well, colors we got like a maroon and like an eggshell baby blue. Going Thank on. you. <laughs> so it's a maroon, right? Oh, definitely. Like a maroon. I think it's important that the, the people have a right to know. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about this book. So, yeah. Uh, Jerry, who it's uh, short for Jerome, we're going to call him Jerome for the rest of this podcast. Okay. Um, great. So, uh, Mr. Hawkins. Mr. Hawkins. Uh, Jerome. So, Jerome is moving into a new house in, do you remember? Do you remember? New Goshen. Um, I take an embarrassing amount of notes so you guys see how much notes I take. I just listen. Just in case you think Do I you see the background? Do you see the background on Daniel's computer right now, by the way? The background of my computer is two guys in a screen mask at a urinal. <laughs> this emoji. So, um, great. So, okay. Jerome is moving into a new house in New Goshen. Mm-hmm. And we learn quickly that Jerome is the kind of kid that likes to play, like, pull pranks and play tricks. Yeah. In the TV episode, we'll get there, but in the TV episode... His thing is that he has a wild imagination, and he likes to play games and, you know, whatever. I guess it's like uh, only child syndrome or something. We wouldn't know about that. And, but this, the version of Jerome in this, in this book, he plays pranks. Like, that's his thing. He's not like, and he The did, first prank. The first prank that he plays is such, you an, guys. R, such an R.L. Stein thing that doesn't make sense. So he's like moving sense. into a new house, which I have a hard time figuring out the geography, topography of this house. Yeah, I, all, I always, in R.L. Stein books, I always, it, I have trouble. I have trouble. At least this one is a two. Sto- this is a two-story house with a basement and an attic. Yes. So it's not. It's not a. It's not a ranch-style house. But it's this one, we have a dining room that leads into a family room. But then there's a living room. And then there's like a room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's anyway. talk about this first gag that he plays. So, so we talk about bonkers first or the gag. Let's talk about the gag first because I think bonkers. This is so. The gag is so stupid, and I say stupid lovingly because obviously, oh, obviously, if at any point it sounds like we're criticizing this book or don't love it, it's clearly You're our, dead it's clearly our favorite thing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so he's he's walks into the family room, right? Yeah, the family room, and he sees a dust ball in the corner and decides to. He takes the dust ball and forms it into two little mice-shaped figures. And then, like, starts screaming. And says, like, Mom, Mom, Dad! Mom, Dad! Dad, There's mice in the family room! And the parents come in and they scream because there's mice? Like, I I was like, did I miss something? Why are mice so So terrifying? terrifying? And then... (laughs) 
His his parents his parents Although, are. Although when I was I went to NYU for five seconds, and in my dorm room there were dust mice. mice? They were legit yeah. real mice. Did you screech? No, but See? like you hear that chitter in the middle of the night and kind of. I have a story. Oh no! Don't tell the mouse story. Have I told the mouse story on this before? The, the, the baby. Oh, mice? did I tell it on Carry On? Sometimes Matthew and I guest on a Sex and the City podcast called Carry On. Please subscribe and the listen. Sex and the City podcast. Tell uh, them, tell them, tell them out story. Oh, you guys. Oh, this is sad. Just get it over with. Anyway, so in in college, you know, whatever, boyfriend, blah blah blah. I was spending the night at his place. That doesn't even really matter. I just wanted to tell you that I had a boyfriend in college. <laughs> and, um, and we were in bed. And um, oh, what? he was an RA. GB seven. Don't know why I had to point that out, but he was in charge of the whole floor. And um, he was, yeah, he had a lot of responsibility. And uh, we were asleep in his room, and all of his like residents were in their rooms, you know, because he was in charge. Maybe of Maybe I them. don't know this story. And uh, we went to USC, which was like a really nice school. <laughs> and fight on. Yes. And we were laying in bed one night and heard this chittering of mice. And we, there are mice. And. Uh, and we yeah. were like on the sixth floor of this of this building. It was strange that there were mice there. So boyfriend got got a mouse trap because to kill the mouse, I guess. And it was I know I know I'm moving. It was a sticky. He got a sticky pad sort of thing. It's it wasn't one of those like cheese and then it like chops the mouse. I don't believe in killing. I don't. I won't kill a spider. I won't kill. I won't. I just will just look at it, say no, and then keep moving. But. Uh, so he thought the I'll most humane it. way to get rid of this ma mouse was to put one of those pads that's just like sticky stuff on a pad, like very sticky stuff. And a couple nights later, we heard the chittering again coming from the pad area, and there was a mouse um, that was stuck on there. Uh -huh. And I was screaming, not because I was scared of the mouse, but because I felt like I was the mouse, and I wanted to take it away and say, I'm so sorry, I can't believe we did this to you. And... We couldn't get the mouse off, and sh boyfriend took a little a paper bag or a plastic bag and put the mouse in the bag. It attached to the pad and closed the bag, and the so the mouse would suffocate. And that we thought that was the most humane way. I will never get over this, you guys. I will probably cry about this later. Spread it, spread it like sickness. And um, and it, the mouse died. And a couple nights later, we heard it again. We heard the mouse again, and I said, is that the mouse? Or is that the mouse's mom? Or is that the ghost of the mouse? Is that the ghost of the mouse shaking its little tiny chain saying, you killed me. Help me. I could have been somebody. I could have gotten my masters. Yeah. <laughs> and then we broke up. So Jerome's loving his new house. And so we we have mice. We also have the cat, Jerome's cat, Bonkers. And what I love so much is Dan and I were backstage. What well, obvious? Dan and I were backstage while um, the episode was playing out here in the theater. And I was I predicted that the Bonkers cameo would get a big laugh from the audience, and I, I it definitely did. I feel like Bonkers is like well, J Jerome specifically says he does not like this he cat. Hates He's that type of cat, and I think you guys know somebody that has that type of cat where they're like, oh, it's my baby. And the cat is like a total 
That's how I feel about all cats. I'm sorry, guys. I, I feel just that way too. I just don't like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand cats. But like, they just scratch and they're always mean and they do terrible, vindictive things. And you're like, oh, that's my baby. Goosebumps that's not my 2000 baby. Number one cry. I don't like cat. babies. I don't like. Ca- I don't like that. Um, so, so bonkers is a little bitch. But we're setting that up for later for some scares that come in later. Anyway, so we set that up. J- Jerome discovers some stairs leading up to an attic, which is different from the TV episode. Right. And he goes up to the attic and discovers uh, a piano. Mm-hmm. A piano in the attic. Cool. A nice... Um, a re- it almost looks new, he and says. And the music is playing over. He hears... No, it's just not playing yet. I took notes. Um, th- it's... It's a, it looks like a brand new piano. Well, that night, Jerome is in bed. That's right. And he hears sad, haunting piano music coming from the attic. And so he goes to investigate. Now, whatever, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that moment when I said now and it's later. Um, so, okay. So he goes, he hears the music. It's coming from the piano. He goes up to the attic. Yes. Turns the light on. There's a little and switch. There's a little, you know, one of those. And it's a little pull-down switch. And the piano stops playing. And he's like, who plays that? That's ridiculous. What's going on? And then he hears footsteps. Yeah. Footsteps coming up the stairs. Footsteps coming up the attic. And it's, who is it? Is it the ghost? Is it a ghost? No, it's his it's my dad. dad. And it turns out it's his dad. And his dad's like, what are you doing up here, Jerome? And Jerome is like, I heard music. And he's like, Jerome, not another one of your tricks. Pause, rewind. Has he checked, touched the piano yet? He touches the piano. Here's what's up, you guys. No, that, I'm, this is why I'm bringing this up. Good. The piano's like not dusty. It's not like been up in the attic, like collecting mice or like whatever. It's like, it, it's like new and the seat's warm. The seat is warm and it's a clean, nice ass black piano. And the seat's warm. I thought that was notable. It is. And so um, his dad's like, not another one of your dumb jokes, Jerome. Oh, and he says, you know, would you like to learn how to play that thing? And Jerome's like, yeah, and he says, "Maybe I don't know, maybe." And then that night, he goes back to his room and hears that music playing. This happens a lot. This happens. That's what. Remember when I said, "No, that happens." This happens like probably eight times in the book. Maybe realistically more like four, like five, I think. Sure. I'm gonna go with, gonna go with five. Actually, you would probably know that's true. I would. Um, Jerome uh, goes to school the next day. We learn this is the only description we get of him. He has. I also think this is interesting that. What? I think this is... Can I, can I make points, too? What is this, the Daniel podcast? And I'm the sidekick? I want to make points. I think this is fascinating. <laughs> this is kind of sad. I think it's fascinating. There's no little brother or sister. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. So there... It, because usually on all the books, they have a bratty little brother or sister for the this most is only part. child. But Jerome is pretty much by himself in this book. And, it, like, he handles, like, he's the protagonist, and there's not some, like, little sidekick, like, that nipping happens, at his heels. Uh, yeah, like yeah that. that happens often, but not all the time. Yeah, but it's, it's pretty rare, and I thought that was kind of cool that he's, like, by himself. Uh, yeah, so we found out that he is brown, thick, wiry hair. Uh-huh. Um, so he goes downstairs. <laughs> um, oh, he's... I, you know, I like, I want to know what they're wearing. Like, I want to know how they look. It's my dream. It's my dream to make a Fear Street TV show or 
Goosebumps already been done, but a Fear Street TV show and have it done exactly literally word for word like it's written. What they're wearing. Like the Chris Arlson because it was some crazy outfits for people to wear, and I want to see it done exact like side ponytail with like a with brown leggings and he always has day glow like neon a, purple top. Yeah, he's like a long sleeve purple shirt with a brown canvas vest with glass beads and day glow orange shorts over green leggings. I want. I need to see that. Like I. I need that. That's like almost not even an exaggeration. I need that. Yeah. It's my dream. P.S. When we were backstage just now, I was saying, I said to Daniel, I was like, do you think about like, what if someone, if you, if, if we had like traveled back in time and showed like fourth grade Matthew Scott and Daniel what we were wearing right now, what we looked like, how we would react? And Daniel was like, you mean that we dress literally exactly the same? And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah it's just, we would just I like, want to point oh, out okay. to yeah. the home audience that Daniel's wearing a Goosebumps shirt. I am. I'm wearing my Goosebumps shirt. With some gray jeans with a black and white checkered flannel tied around his waist. And he is wearing a skull bracelet with black and orange bra- bracelets as well. I'm wearing a Goosebumps hat that is safety pinned the back because it is for a child and it won't fit on my head. It was given to me by Pretty Little Liars, Torian Belisario. Hey, What's Torian. up, Torian? Um, and I'm also wearing bags and rags. Great. So we don't know what Jerome's wearing, but we know he has brown, thick, wiry hair. And he goes downstairs and he notices on his way downstairs that the attic door is open. It's probably the wind. Probably. Um, by the way, this book takes place in ambiguously winter, and it's a very wintry book. Oh, it's it is. Like, it snows. It's snowing it outside, snows and it's always like really, really cold. And they talk about how hot the attic is. Like around the piano, it's really, really hot as well. I don't remember that. I do. <laughs> so, um, so Jerome, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get going to this. Because yeah. We're just on chapter two. Uh-huh. Um, Jerome plays a trick on his dad in the kitchen, hides in a book because they're on they're they're moved they moved into the house so they have a bunch of. Boxes. I don't think we find out what the parents do. Usually, the parents are scientists, but not in this. We time. don't find out what these parents do, but they uh, he basically he just pranks his parents every possible time. Yep, he sees them. Yep. Um, he jumps out. He hides in a box, and when they come into the kitchen, he pops out and screams, "Surprise!" Lol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that night, it's that night he goes to sleep and he hears the music coming from upstairs again. Again, that's time. Second that's, time. That, well, it's the third time. It's the second night, the third time he's heard sure, the music. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, the next morning, um, Jerome's like, hey guys, did you hear that piano playing? I swear I heard that piano playing. And they're like, oh, stop it with the pranks. Stop it with the pranks. But uh, that is, today's the day that the movers are going to move the piano from the attic into the family room. Right. It's a very big day. And they're about to place the piano. And they have two movers that aren't very big, but are strong. That's right. And that with a pulley system, rope with system. Ropes. Yeah, because I was thinking, that. I was I thinking about that, that, trying to get the piano down from the attic down the stairs. And I thought, oh, oh. So they get it to the family room. And right before they're put, about to put the piano down, mom screams. Chapter break. And we find out that she screams because they almost put the piano on bonkers. <sighs> oh, bonkers. So uh, mom has signed him up for piano lessons. So this Saturday, uh, this Saturday, today, Jerome shows up. Uh, um, his piano teacher shows up to the house. So Dr. Shriek, who you guys that are in the live audience met in the TV episode, he comes to the house in the book. Mm-hmm. And... He's described as having a red coat, bushy white hair, a mustache, and twinkly blue eyes. And he looks like Santa Claus. And they, they recognize that he looks like Santa Claus. That was, <laughs> that was a great note. Thank you. <laughs> and I think that's interesting that they yeah. notice that he walks stiffly. Yeah, and he doesn't have another riveting point that I'm bringing up. He doesn't have a beard like he does in the TV show. What? Yeah, it's just a mustache. And he's nice and jolly, and he comes and in, nice. and they have the same sort of dialogue that I like when they use dialogue from the book in the TV show. Yeah. In the TV show, 
the first time we meet Doc Shriek, they have almost word for word same dialogue where he's like, I know I can play whatever on the kazoo. And Dr. Shriek says, I know it's a funny name, but you have to admit it's a real attention getter. And Shriek, you saw it in the TV episode, it's spelled S-H-R-E-E-K, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I think that's so funny. It's really that. funny. So, uh, but basically what Dr. Shriek says is he's going to teach him at home for a while until he thinks he's good enough to come to the school. But the first thing he says about his hand, he, he notices Your hands. Jer- Jerome's hands and says, Excellent. Such a beautiful Excellent. Hand. And Arlstein notes that he says Excellent. it with a hungry expression. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Great. Uh, so that night, the, the lesson's really short. It's like maybe two minutes, I'm going to say. Yeah. Like he, just, he just has Jerry Jerome play a couple notes. And, and Dr. Tree's like, great, great, great. Here's a book. Practice those notes. You have excellent hands. Excellent Can hands. Can we say, I want to say something. We, I played the piano. In, we played the piano. We did for like six months. And you want to know why? Do you remember Rosemary, our mother, saying that she's like, you have such piano hands. I do. I've, I've, uh, do you remember Mrs. Ledoux and that yes. whole thing? We had a piano teacher's name was Mrs. Ledoux, not to be confused with the club from the hills in like Laguna Beach or whatever. <laughs> or to be confused. When I moved out to LA, I was like, I can't wait to be 21 and go to Ledoux, but then it's closed by the time I moved here and it's it was just too bad. I was staring at the blank page before you open up the dirty window. Let the sun illuminate the words that you could not Anyway, so our piano teacher was Mrs. Ledoux, but I, thought, I was like, hm, like I don't want to do piano lessons or whatever, and Rosemary was like, you, you don't want to do it now, but one day it's going to come in handy and you're going to wish you whatever. Did so it come was, in handy? Oh. But like, I was really stubborn about it, you guys. I was like... But we, I was told I have piano hands. Look at these long fingers. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, t- two things real quick. One, I stopped piano lessons because Mrs. Ledoux went blind. Remember that whole She was thing? already... Yeah, that's a whole other she, thing. It's not even worth it. Anyway, the second thing was... She's uh, so sweet. I did regret it not finishing piano lessons. You be- did? Yeah, because there's all these times you're like at a party and there's a piano and like... There are? Yeah, like... <laughs> like a, it's like Joe's at a party. He can like get on the piano and play and like everyone everyone thinks it's sexy and cool and whatever. Anyway... You can still learn. But I could, but uh, because of my beautiful hands. But Daniel and I have such beautiful hands that we did twin hand modeling... We for did. a kayak.com commercial. We did. And do you want to show the audience and then we'll describe to the listeners what the audition was? Yeah. We had to do this. So for everyone who listened at home, what we did was put our hands out. <laughs> <laughs> and we booked it. And we booked it. We did. We just had to like pick up a cup at the exact same time, but our heads were cut off or whatever. We are amazing. Riveting. <laughs> oh, you knocked over the fruit roll-ups. My bee. Um, we have, we have so many fruit roll-ups here. Does anybody want I'm really bad at tossing. Does anybody want to I'm just throwing them out into the darkness. Any more? Oh, there we go. I that hope that over. works. I'm, 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 I'm oh, sorry, Marcus. So sorry. Okay, we should stop this. This is a bad idea. Okay, back to the episode. We'll edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We still have a lot more. I shouldn't throw into the dark. Okay. Um, so... What's next? I don't know. You got oh, the that, notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That night, he hears the piano again, and he decides to investigate. So, oh, hear that crinkle. Can you hear that crinkle of the fruit roll-ups? Uh, th- he goes into the family room through the dining room, and uh, before he enters the dining room, he hears a shriek 
Yeah. And it's pushed from behind. Like, push, but it's just bonkers. It's bonkers. Bonkers pulling that shit. But you know what else a bonkers does, you guys? What? He puts his claws into Jerry's arm, rips his shirt open, and Jerry bleeds. That's a that's, that's a, a cat, cat for you. <laughs> Why do you want that? Why do you want that? I'll would sneeze. I know I'm super allergic. That's really I know why. that's really that's, why I'm that's upset why I'm about like it. So, uh, but the mom com- mom comes running downstairs and is like, "What happened to my baby, Bonkers?" Yeah, mom's all about Bonkers. She's not even having it. So uh, his parents say, "I he he says to his parents, I heard, I heard that music again, and they said you that piano's haunted." And his parents, Arl Stein says, the parents look at him as if he were a Martian, which I really appreciated Arl Stein's grammar in that sentence. Yeah. It's if I were, not if I was. That's right. I could give you less on that. That's how boring I am sometimes. Uh, but but J- Jerome says, the, pa- the piano's haunted. And the parents are like, are you okay? And he's like, no, I swear. So the next day, he's at school. We don't see school in the TV episode. In the book, we School's do. School's like not a big And he deal. meets a girl who finds a rotten apple in her locker. And her name is Kim Lee Chin. She has long black hair and green eyes. It's implied that she's Asian because of her last name, which is some great... And because she has a violin. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think this is our first just like dash of ethnicity and yeah, but he didn't. I mean, Arlstein doesn't go there a whole lot. When I was writing notes, I really hope this doesn't come out as racist because I don't. It's real. It, I don't mean for it to. But I kept writing kimchi lin. <laughs> you know, like kimchi, kimchi. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you had kimchi? Yes. Great. Um, <laughs> that's cool. So uh, and he says, "Oh, cool. You play violin. I play piano." We should play together sometime. We should jam. We should, he doesn't say that. He says it in the TV He's show. A, he does. He said, we should play together sometime. And she says, I know. I live across the street. I saw you move in. And, and, kimchi, oh, and kimchi says, whatever. And Jerome says, yeah, I'm taking lessons with Dr. Shriek. And then Kim utters a soft cry and runs away. <laughs> that's a wrap on Kim Lee Chin, everyone. Okay. And, and Jerome's like, huh, that's interesting. She uttered a soft... She, can you give me a soft cry? Ooh. Yes. So, so it's time for Dr. Shriek and um, talent and Jerome's next le- next lesson. And Dr. Shriek is making him play and says, "Excellent! Your fingers are alive." And he makes him play the same piece over and over and over again. But then he says, "Faster!" The, the hands, Jerry. Remember the hands. They're alive. Let them breathe. He says, "Faster!" That's it, Jerry. Faster, 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 the hands faster. are alive, alive. I can't do it, I cried. Please, faster, faster, I can't, I insisted. This is drum. It was too fast, too fast to play, too fast to hear. I tried to stop, but my hands kept going. Stop, stop, I screamed down at my hands in horror. Faster, play faster, Dr. Shriek ordered, his eyes wide with excitement, his face, his face bright red. The hands are alive. No, please, stop, I called down to my hands. Stop playing, but they really were alive. They wouldn't stop. My fingers flew over the keys. A crazy tidal wave of notes flooded the family room. Faster, faster. Faster. And just, despite my frightened cries to stop, my hands gleefully obeyed Dr. Shriek, playing on faster and faster and faster and faster. Do you, they say the word, Arsene says the word fast. Do you know how many times I wrote it down? No. 17. What? Yeah. That's it? I know. Isn't that, doesn't seem like more than that? I can't believe you wrote all that down. I did. Uh, so... This, he's playing this music so fast, and Arlstein writes that it, the music is choking Jerry. It's choking him. The music is so, so fast. And then he can't, he can't, he can't do it, and he wakes up, and it's just a dream. Now, this is, goes along with, in the, for the first, I mean, we're like 
by PS, can I say we're like in the Goosebumps renaissance at this point? Because like these are some heavy hitters we got going on. We have the Werewolf of Fever Swamp coming up and You Can't Scare Me and One this Day at like, like we just came from The Haunted Mask. Like these are some good ass books, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're this what's great about these original books or the, the the beginning of the series is they all have really frightening dream sequences in they them. They do a lot of And those of are do. some of the scariest parts I think in the book. And so that's the they most try- exciting to me. They try to mimic this dream sequence in the TV episode, if you remember, when he's like, we'll get to it, but when he's playing and he's possessed by the ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a little that moment. We haven't even gotten to the ghost yet. We haven't gotten to the ghost yet in the book. So, uh, it turns out that's just a dream. Uh-huh. And he wakes up and his hands are tingling, but he realizes his hands are tingling because he was sitting on He was sitting on Does anybody here sleep sitting on their hands? <laughs> now that's yeah. like the most frightening sequence if someone's like, I'm going to bed now and then they just I'm going to go to sleep. I'm ready to go to sleep. Like, isn't that terrifying? <laughs> like sitting on my hand. I don't think I've ever slept sitting on my hands. No. I don't know if I've ever slept sit. I have to be hugging sitting. a pillow. You have to, like, like a baby? I literally have to hug a pillow. I cannot sleep unless I'm hugging a pillow. Oh, that's or a person. <laughs> Not yet this year. Ooh, <laughs> So um, he wakes up from the dream, his hands tingling because he was sitting on them, and he hears the music playing, and he's still scared, where at this point I'd be like, oh yeah, it's just it's what happens every night. Yeah. That's cool. But he decides to go downstairs to um, the family room through the dining room, and uh, he goes downstairs and he sees that the piano, he walks into the family room, he sees the piano still playing, it hasn't stopped yet, and he sees it playing by itself. And then he sees a, sh- uh, um, a sort of mist start to appear and it's like a collecting. ghost and it's a ghost and it's a woman she's totally gray she has hair to her shoulders she's wearing a short sleeve shirt and a skirt and she's playing with a sad smile she was kind of pretty yes she had long wavy hair hanging loose down to her shoulders she wore a short sleeved top and a long skirt her face her skin her hair all gray everything was gray work her lips formed a <laughs> Her lips formed a sad smile. Oh my gosh, that sounds like me. But the thing is, like, if, like, would she have to like have her head out, like, sad smiling? Do you know what I mean? I can't answer that. That's where like the confusion of this book. I'm like, where is the piano in the room? How can he see her sad smile? Well, I always thought the piano was like facing out. I did too. Who cares? Um, and he says, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" And she says, "This is, this is my house." Her voice dry as dead leaves. It was a dry whisper, as dry as dead leaves. Oh, I wrote down read as dry as death. I said, "Read page fifty-three." So he says, "Are you a ghost?" And she says, "Stay away from my piano. I'm warning you. Stay away. Stay away from my piano. This is my house. My piano. Stay away. Whose piano is it?" It's her house. It's her, her house. piano. It's her piano. Yes. And he starts screaming, Mom, Dad, it's Mom, a ghost. Dad. Look, Mom, Dad, it's a ghost. Dad. So Mom, Dad run downstairs, and he says, I see a ghost. Now, this is the second time he's said that he's heard music and thinks there's a, some sort of something going on. Mm-hmm. So the parents are like, maybe you should talk to a doctor. I know this doctor. Dr. Fry. He would be great. You seem nervous. Something has you upset. I think this is like so interesting because so many times, especially in Nightly Dummy 2 and books like that, where there are, you know, the kids clearly see that there's a ghost or a mummy or something going on. And the parents, it like goes away the second the parents come out. And the parents are like, you're just tired or like whatever. But this time the parents are like, there's something wrong with you. We're taking you to a doctor. Cut to 
Jerome going to the doctor's office yeah. to talk to well, a shrink. Almost, yes, yes. I I thought you were gonna say that a lot of a lot of times in these books, the you know the parents the parents don't believe the kid, and they think the the next step is to take the kid to like therapy. And watching this TV episode was the first time where I think I saw it from the parents' perspective. Maybe that makes me sound really old, but I I was like, you know, what would you do? If you're, what would you do if someone was at home home, crying all on on the bedroom floor? Because he's, and the only way to feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of time. Daddy's gone. So where's I'll insert the clip. That's all I got. Um, No, where where the parents are like, if your if your son is like freaking out. I can't even think about having a son. But if your son if if your son's freaking out and says he's seeing ghosts. What do you do? I don't know. So he goes to the doctor's okay. office. So we're gonna. I don't care about children. I know. I know. You don't care about. No. I know. Okay. So uh, he he was nervous to go to bed because he's afraid the ghost is gonna be in his room. Is it? Has they fought? They thawed. That's true. Um, listeners out there, we were we hit- just did trivia and we, we gave out Capri Suns and then threw fruit roll-ups at people's faces in the dark. And now we're just we're just feeling them and feeling ourselves. Yeah. So I'm feeling myself. Uh, I'm feeling myself. 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 I'm feeling my feeling my feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling my. He gets back to his room and thinks the ghost is gonna be there. And it turns out his ghost is there, hovering above his bed. No wait, it's, it's just sheets. his covers and a clump on the floor. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> I had to read that twice. Oh, I love it, though. So I let's go to Dr. Fry's it. office, huh? So, yes. Well, I'll, I'll point out, he goes to sleep after he steps over the ghost that was just his sheet. It wasn't the ghost hovering over his bed, it was a sheet on the floor. Yeah. Um, and he hears the music, he hears the music again. Yeah. Maybe the music's coming from him, you know? Yeah, music of my heart. I don't know, Wes Craven. Uh, so, Doctor, he goes to Dr. Shriek's the next day. We haven't got to Dr. Fry yet. He, um, oh no, wait, Dr. Shriek comes to the house for the second time. Right. And he just tells Jerry, Jerome, how he has excellent hands. Got he it. keeps saying that hungrily. And the mom comes in and says, how is he? Does he have talent? And Dr. Shriek's answer is, he has excellent hands. And she's like, oh, cool. Oh, cool. Dr. Shriek leaves, and this, there's this fun moment. Dr. Shriek leaves, and Jerome is staring out at the falling snow out the window, and then hears banging on the piano, and looks and sees that the piano keys are moving by themselves, and his mom's like, Jerry, stop that. He's like, Mom, it's not me. Cut to Dr. Fry's office. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Fry's office is decorated with pictures of toucans. The walls are yellow. Mm-hmm. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Fry has wavy red hair slicked back with freckles. You can't have a Goosebumps book without someone with red hair. It's true. You, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Um, he also, he's also really young, too. Oh, so, like, I want to see Dr. Fry. Yeah. Um, they, he asks a bunch of questions, and, you know, they have this sort of psychobabble sort of moment where he says, I don't think you're crazy, Jerome, but you know your mind sometimes plays tricks on you when you're avoiding your real fears. And he said, you know, if you were your parents, what would you think? Would you believe it was true? Really interesting to Daniel. <laughs> I like this moment. And he says, um, he says, uh, if your parents said to you that they were seeing ghosts, would you believe them? Mm. And Jerome, did you get a text? No. And Jerome says, um, Jerome says, I would believe them if it was true. Oh. 
We were doing so well with that grammar. Oh. That's why I brought it up. Okay. Um, although, now that I say that, if he's saying if it was true and that's how he would respond, oh gosh. No, no, what's the rule? What's the rule? What's the rule? Oh god, this is embarrassing right now. Um, it is. Were or was. <laughs> were or was. Oh gosh. I think no. it's were. Was, no, was, yes, he's right. He's right, because you use was if it were in a circumstance where you would actually do that. Because were is used in a circumstance where it probably wouldn't happen, or if it's a wish or a desire. Okay. I'm the only person that in the planet that cares about that. I kind of care. But good for you, R.L. Stein. You guys learned something tonight. We will probably edit that out. For roll-ups, anyone? keep it in. Great. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, that in. So he leaves, uh, he leaves uh, Dr. Fry's office, and as he's leaving, he feels an icy cold hand on the back of his neck. It's the ghost! It's the ghost that followed him! No, it's no, his it's mom. it's just his mom. It, it was mom. cold outside. outside. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry my hands are so cold. Uh, so they go to Dr. Shrieks. They're finally going to go to Dr. Shrieks. It's on the other side of the town, other side of town, past the woods. Moss Avenue. It's <laughs> That's a shout out to Be Careful What You Wish For. Episode 12 of Welcome to Deadcast starring, Guest starring Deborah Anwell, star of Netflix's Daredevil, which is amazing. Which I'll point out she's in the audience right now with a side ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> Best moment of my day. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my dare girl. So, uh... So they, they get to Dr. Shriek's school. It's surrounded by snow-covered hedges, and it looks more like a haunted house than a school. And it's a big house, they yeah. say. Yeah, it's kind of creepy-sounding. So uh, inside, they go inside. There's a, there's, there's a long, dark, tiled hallway. Uh-huh. Okay. Ti- yeah, yeah, Sure. Yeah. And there's piano, sound of loud piano playing everywhere. And so Jerome gets, like, super lost in, in Dr. Shriek's school, which I'm having a hard time understanding, because it, if it's just a house, but there's, like... There's hallways and hallways that twist and turn around, and he gets lost. He gets lost a lot. A so lot. He's all of a sudden is lost, and he see he walk he's walking by a bunch of rooms where he hears pianos playing and sees like he can see instructors like smiling and waving their hands, but he and can't he gets, see who's playing. He gets lost down a hallway and hears a loud thumping and a whining noise and sees a monster. Yeah, then a giant monster, which isn't given much of a physical description at all. Well, I'll give you exactly what it says. It's um it's comes comes down the end of the hallway and the monster has a big square metal body with a big rectangular bobbing head and red eyes. Now I get that it's scary and it's big and it's a monster, but if it's a big monster with a metal square body, wouldn't you just think it's like a killer robot? Yeah, is a killer robot a monster? I'm sure. asking. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I well I wouldn't jump. I to imagine monster. it's like a big TV VCR looking kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like a big boxy old robot. I think the TV show does a good job of of, of doing it. Yeah, it's well worded. Uh huh. Um, so, <laughs> and uh, he, he was running from the monster, and he turns around, and Doctor Shriek, and Doctor Shriek's like, "Oh, that's not a monster. That's our floor sweeper, Mister Toggle, our janitor. Made it. He can build anything. He's a genius." He says, "Why?" Um, and then Jerry says, "Why does the who?" Jerome says, "Why does the." Why does the floor super have a face? And and Doctor Shriek says, "Oh, that's just his sense of humor." Mister oh. um, Toggle. Mister Toggle, and he says, "You'll also notice all the security cameras. He put those in. He does, he does every he does all kinds of st- like technological stuff." And then Arlstein points out that Doctor Shriek's hands 
um, sw- swings stiffly as he walks. Mm-hmm. It's a little foreshadow for him right. here, he thinks. Um, and so they ha- he, ha- he takes him to a rehearsal room that he rehearses with Jerome, and Jerome says, you know, when are you going to play rock and roll? And he says, once your hands are ready. He'll be, he said, you'll be, you'll be moved to another instructor, but you'll be with me for a while. And they practice, and after practice, um, Jerome tries to get out of the school, and he can't figure out a way to he get out. He gets lost again. And, and I had a little nerd moment, which I, I haven't had any yet so far, um, <laughs> where he's like, oh, I don't know how I get out. And I was like, stay to the left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Just stick follow to, the left. Like, stay to the left wall. That's a D&D reference for anyone. Yes. Um, some of our D&D uh, partners are here. That's true. Uh, yes, if you're lost, um, always turn to the left. Always take the left hand. Okay. That's for everyone here when you're lost in a dungeon. (laughs) Thank you. But um, he still gets lost, even though I was screaming that at him. And he comes to some double doors and thinks, this is probably the way out. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, do you remember coming in double doors? And uh, he's he's about to go through, and right before he goes through the doors, a voice says, no, you don't! And it's a tall, wiry man with long, scraggly black hair and and a stubbly black beard. And he's wearing a yellow t-shirt under denim overalls. Uh And he says, uh, the door is that way. And I wrote all caps, to the left. (laughs) Just saying. And he's like, oh, you're Mr. Toggle. He introduced himself, says, I'm Mr. Toggle. And this is Mr. Toggle. And Jerome says, oh, Dr. Shriek says you're a genius. And Dr. Toggle says, or Mr. Toggle says, I programmed him to say that. And they all laugh. And he says, Dr. Shriek tells me you have excellent hands. That's, That's what, what we, we look, look for, for here. Jerry. Exact dialogue that they use in the TV show. I love that. Yeah. So he ends up getting, you know, getting out of the school. And his parents are like, what did you learn today in school, Jerome? And Jerome's like, I'll play it for you. And he starts to play. And then the piano starts to play itself. It starts banging around. Yeah. And they're like, Jerome, stop it. And he's like, it's not me. And they're like, we're taking you back to Dr. Fry. They don't say that, but that's what yeah, they're yeah. thinking. And then, uh, so, um, what's next? Oh, so next week we're back to Do- we're back to Doctor Shriek School, mm-hmm. and uh, J- Jerome shows up early and decides to kind of wander around and runs into Mr. Toggle, and Mr. Toggle's like, "Oh, let me show you my workshop. This is not in the TV episode." Uh huh. And he shows him a workshop, and it's huge. He says it's the size of an auditorium in the building. Again, where I'm like, this, this place looks like a house from the outside, Ooh. but it's like obviously so it's much It's confusing. Yeah. And he, uh, it's filled with computers and video screens and pianos and lockers and tools and a big machine that's three, like three times as tall as the floor sweeper. Is that me? Am yeah, I your phone text? keeps vibrating. Turn it off. Oh, I'm getting so many texts. Turn it off. <laughs> I'm on airplane. I just turned my on airplane. Thank God. Every right. time there's, if you guys are listening at home, there's this horrible buzzing noise that sounds like the world's ending. It's really, just, it's devastating. It's awful. Uh, so he shows him all this stuff, and he shows these things that he's invented, like. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is, the audience member that just dropped their phone was the one that was texting. Me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is fun. Everyone who is important is here. That's um, that's actually the truth in my life, pretty much. Except for my mom. Hi, Rosemary. Demi but she in did Australia. Text. Hey, Demi. Hey, mommy. Um, 
And, uh, but who cares? Whatever. There's a bunch of crazy stuff in there. There's a saxophone that plays by itself. I care. I just said that I care. I want to know. Uh-huh. I want to talk about it. This is my podcast. This is our podcast. Yes. Yes. There's a um, brown cap that you can put on your head with wires in it that you can play piano by tracking your eye movements. So if, when you blink, it plays different notes. How cool is that? Yeah, Mr. Toggle, he's a genius. So um, Jerome realizes, oh no, I'm going to be late to class. And as he's running out of the auditorium workshop, he hears a voice saying, Help me, help me, please. Oh, that's please. the mouse voice. It's the mouse voice. I did it without even thinking about it. It's the mouse voice. I did it without even thinking about it. Help me, please. Gonna hear it before I go to sleep tonight. Gonna hear it. Help me. Gonna cry. No. Um, Could have been somebody. Help my mom. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> the mouse's thing makes it funny. The mouse's thing makes it funny. Makes it funny. That's why I tell it that way. Uh, so he hears a voice saying, help me, coming from a metal locker. And he says Her to Mr. Locker. Toggle, what is that? And Mr. Toggle goes, oh, that's just some damaged equipment. And Jerome, and Jerome says, really? That's damaged equipment saying help me? And, and Mr. Toggle goes, yeah, just some damaged equipment. And Jerome, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for him, is like, okay. Yeah. And he's like, whatever you say. Goes and to his lesson. And goes to his lesson, and, okay, has his lesson. Next day, he's shoveling shoveling snow and runs into kimchi, and um, she's outside. (laughs) Is that racist? No, it's a nickname. Uh I don't want it to be. Kim, we'll call her Kim. It's her name. I just, okay, Kim. And he says that her laugh is tinkly, like two glasses clinking together. Hey, Kim. (laughs) How cute is that? Does anyone know anybody with a tinkle laugh? Is it Abby Cobb, star of Cheerleader Death Squad? Wow, we have a little Kimly chin in the audience. <laughs> Listen to that tinkle. I feel like it sounds like two glasses just clanking together just on a New Year's Eve. banging. Yes. Um, so they go inside for a cup of hot chokers mm, and hot clunkers, hot chocolate. And he says, "Why did you run away and utter a soft cry the other day?" Ooh. And she says, "No, it's too scary to talk about. I can talk about it. Don't you know the stories?" And, the, and Jerome's like, the stories. And he's like, yeah, there are monsters in the basement. And Jerome's like, those aren't monsters. Those are floor sweepers. Listen, okay, I saw the monsters. They're floor they're sweepers. They're floor sweepers. Damaged it's, equipment. It's just, just a bunch of damaged equipment. It's totally fine, Kim. And she says, yeah, but what about the other stories? About students who went to Dr. Shree school and never came out. And he says, funny that you say that. I've been having some things happening with me. Yeah. And he says... He gives her the real tea. He says, this is the tea. My parents... My parents. He doesn't talk about his parents. He says, my piano... I think my piano is haunted. And she says, you're just making that up. Yeah, right. And he says, no, I swear. And then Kim's mother calls and says, Kim has to leave. So she leaves. And as she leaves, the piano starts banging by itself. And Jerome says, see, see, now do you believe me? But it's just bonkers. It's bonkers jumping up and down on the piano. And she's like, yeah, a funny joke, Jerome. And so she leaves tinkling into the night. Um, So that night. Snowy night. So that night, Jerome wakes up to the sound of piano, you know, the piano playing. And he goes into the family room through the dining room. He sees the kind of pretty sad smile ghost lady banging on the piano, except he sees one thing he did not see before. Wait, wait, wait. Not quite yet. So he he holds his breath. You're going to be glad. Mm. So he realizes he's been holding his breath. And he lets out a long whoosh of air. So, explain why you like that. 
So Arlstein has these two things he does all the time. One of them is falling hard on their elbows, elbows and knees. He says that every book. Every book. And um, can I just point out, there's a phrase in this book twice. It says, I thought I was going to drop my teeth. Twice in this Drop book. my teeth? Can we start saying that? No. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. It sounds like a drag queen thing. Okay. I like it now. Yeah, like, girl, you better drop that teeth. We'll start, we'll start it tonight. We'll start tonight. We'll see if it works. Um, <laughs> we're going out tonight. Um, so, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing is letting out a, a long whoosh of cold air. I don't know if it's a whoosh of cold air here. It might have been. I just wrote But, like, Arlstein protagonist just love to be falling on those elbows and knees and letting out those long whooshes of air. Well, when he lets out that long whoosh, the ghost turns around and hears him and says, The stories are true. And Jerome says, I goggled at her. <laughs> and dropped his teeth. He's like, I almost dropped my teeth I was goggling at her. I kind of like that. I'll try that. We'll try that tonight, too. What, I goggled at her? Yeah, like we might see someone we might goggle at. I want to goggle. Yeah. So she says, the stories are, she says, the stories are true. And she reaches, holds up her arms and she has no hands. She has stumps. This is a moment in the book that I think is actually pretty scary. It's, I, th I actually think this book and the TV episode is legitimately pretty frightening. Anybody? She's a stumper. It's terrifying. And yes, she's like, she holds the stumps and screams. And he says the next thing he knows, his, his parents are, his parents are there. He doesn't realize him. that he's been screaming. And they said that he was screaming so loudly they've never heard somebody scream like that. Night terrors. Woo! And he says, he, I love this line. He says, I had so many questions. I just wanted to scream and scream and scream. Yes. And I was like, that's how I feel every day of my life. Faster and faster and faster and faster. I wake up and I just want to scream and scream and scream. And, and he, starts, he starts screaming, I don't want to play the piano. Get it out of here. Get it out. I don't want to play. I don't want lessons. I won't go to that piano school. I won't. I won't. <sighs> Do you see what we just did there? Yes, that's right. We let, we let out long whooshes of air. I'm feeling for him here. I don't want him to go back. He doesn't have to. That's it's, right. He's going through it. Yeah. He's, he's GDI. GDI. And the parents are like, you don't have to go back, but you do have to go back to tell him you won't go back. No. And I was like, really, guys? Dude. Really? Yep. He's so. like 12. Yeah. Let him learn his lessons later. Yeah. You're gonna have to confront you're gonna have to confront people you don't want to talk to for the rest of your life. Yes. Get ready to grow up, Jerome. So they say, oh, you know, you, you have to go back. It's your last week anyway. We've already paid for the lessons. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you already paid for it. I get it. Yeah. And they say, tell him it's interfe tell him it's interfering with your schoolwork. And I'm like, alright, alright, I'm not gonna drop my teeth. Yeah. So they, so he goes to his last lesson, tells Dr. Shriek, you know what, I think it's going to be last week. Dr. Shriek says, oh, no, no. Grabs his wrist and says, you can't quit. He says, I need those beautiful hands. Give me those hands. And Jerry, uh, Jerome runs off. I mean, this is like, this is like child abuse. Yeah. This is like pedophile. This is like scary. Don't you think? I need your beautiful hands. Yeah. Some old man screaming so and grabbing Santa Claus your wrist. is chasing him down the hall, saying you can't get away. And he starts running after him. I, I can't, we'll get to the TV episodes. I love this moment in the TV episode where it's Dr. Tree going, beautiful hands, beautiful, beautiful hands. hands. God, I love it. 
But anyway, he's running. This doesn't. That doesn't quite happen in the book. And Jerome's running as fast as he possibly can. Faster and faster. He says he's running as fast as he possibly can. But Doctor Shriek is catching up but with his like arms outstretched and his arms are moving stiffly. I love it. Yes. And he says, he, "I have to find Mr. Toggle." Of course, he gets lost on his way out. Go to the left, Jerome. Go to the left. He comes to those double doors and says, is that the way out? No! Do you remember last time we were the double doors? Go left! Yeah, right? It's right there. Don't go in there. Oh, Jerome. He says, I can't remember. Is that the way out? And um, he hears behind him somebody scream, don't go into the recital hall. So he goes in. And it's a brightly lit, huge room with rows and rows of black pianos and smiling instructors all identical. Bald men in gray suits look exactly the same, smiling, and there are bodiless hands playing the piano. Isn't that fucking creepy, you guys? And I envision, for Buffy fans out there, I envision the piano instructors as... The gentlemen? Yes. The gentlemen. You guys know from Buffy? If you want to be scared and like not sleep tonight, legit Google the gentlemen from Buffy. God, it's so scary. It's, this is a scary moment. Yes. And an in runs Dr. Shriek behind him, leaps for Jerome. Jerome dodges like out of the way, and Dr. Shriek goes skidding across the floor, immediately gets up, um, runs to the door, blocks the door. J- Jerome falls over because he just can't. He yeah. just can't. <laughs> he literally can't. Yeah. And he falls over. He just goggles at Dr. Shriek. Dropping his tea. And Dr. Shriek grabs his ankle and screams, I need your beautiful hands. (laughs) (laughs) This is terrifying. And then Mr. Toggle runs in and Jerome screams, help, help, he's got me. I lost my place. And then Mr. Toggle runs to a metal panel on the wall, hits a switch, switch. and Dr. Shriek powers down. down. And it turns out he's a robot. I mean, who knew, right? He's been a robot the whole time. See, for me, I, I, I've, I'm I, so familiar with this I know. Book. I can't imagine I can't not, imagine not knowing from the beginning that Dr. Shriek and all of this is robot tree. Do you know what I mean? This like, isn't the only time that R.L. Stein will do, will do the robot fake out. That's true. And I love that. Don't you just I love, love it? I love robots. I love robots Makes so me think of much. Alien. <laughs> You know Alien, where you don't know that guy's a robot, and then you find yes. out he's a robot, and he spews milk everywhere, and it's like Ew, spinning around. yeah. So I love good. robots. I, I love, love robots. robots. I want to play a robot one day. I love them so much. They're so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jer- Jerome's like, stop the music, stop the music. Um, and don't stop the... I know, put that clip in there. Please don't stop the music. And uh, he says, stop the music, and Mr. Trum hits... Mr. Trum? I don't know that person. I've never met him. Uh, Mr. Toggle hits another button, and everything stops. The instructors stop. The hands stop. And Jerome says, oh, wow, they're all robots. Uh-huh. But thanks, i got to go. i yeah. got to go. Um, I'll see you later. And Mr. Toggle says, not yet. I... I need your hands. I'm gonna before you leave. I'm Can actually I just see I'm your gonna hands? need those hands. And he says, "I'm gonna need your hands. That'll be your piano." And he points to a piano that doesn't have any hands playing with it. And then I wrote, "Read page not 119." Does he say that thing that they say in the TV show where? Let me see your hands, Jerry. Let me see your hands. No, where? Read page 119. Oh, here. So uh, Jerome says, "Why? Why are you doing this?" And this is that moment that I love in R.L. Stein books where uh, the the villain, the you know the bad guy, explains the ridiculous reason why they're doing what they're doing. Okay, I'll read. And he says, um, Mr. Toggle says, I can make the hands. Human hands are too hard to build, too complicated, too complicated, too many parts. I can make the hands play beautifully. I've designed computer programs to make them play more beautifully than any live human can play, but I can't build hands. The students must supply the hands. And Jerome's like, but why? 
Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And Mr. Toggle says, to make beautiful music, naturally. <laughs> I love beautiful music, Jerry. And music is so much more beautiful, so much more perfect, when human mistakes don't get in the way. It's an italics. Sounds like he needs to see Dr. Fry. I know, right? <laughs> and he says, you don't understand, don't. He says, you understand. Don't you? And Jerome says, no, no, I don't understand. You can't have my hands. You can't. And runs, and it's like, I've got to get out of here. So he tries to get out, starts to get up, but as he tries to run out, he sees, here she comes, you guys. Ghost, ghost woman comes flopping through. Stump woman comes up screeching, and she's blocking the door, and her eyes are red. They're glowing red. They're glowing red. And she's filled with she's rage. So red. And... But she flies past Jerome and goes to Mr. Toggle and screams, Awaken! Awaken! And ghosts of boys and girls and men and women. I just thought it was boys. I think it says men and women and boys and girls. I thought it was just boys and girls. What, okay. So, like, the... the boys, uh, girls, men, and women. <laughs> do you want to do the rest of the episode? Nope. If I were you, I would. Oh. Okay. So she screams, Awaken, Awaken, and ghosts of boys and girls and men's and women's appear on the She done already done had hers. hers. <laughs> so they, like, ghosts appear to attach to the, the, hands. Ends of the hands. And they, they all come forward. And, and they move in a single file line, which I was like, oh. Oh, I like that. It's cute. like a gentleman. And they all put, they all lay hands on Mr. Toggle and press him face down on the floor. And then the ghost says, I tried to warn you about Jerome. She says to Jerome, I tried to warn you. I tried to scare you away. I was a victim of Dr. Shriek's school. Which makes almost no sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And she was like, I was a victim. And then the hands lift Dr. Mr. Toggle up. Um, and he, they pick him up and they open a door. I guess there's some door somewhere in yeah, this room. Yeah, I just figured the doors like fly open. And they take the him out doors. into the woods. And they carry him away into the woods, never to be seen again. I know. Goodbye. Isn't that devastating? Isn't that terrifying? So we have like half a page left. We do. So Jerome uh, turns around to thank the ghost for warning him. But she's, she's gone. She's gone. Of course she's gone. <laughs> so I wrote down that it's into the, the quickest... Into the woods and out of the woods and home before dark. It's the... Sum, sum up ever. It is. And he's talking about how everything's pretty cool now. They so sold the piano. We've gotten used to Goosebumps books at this point because this is number 13, which is amazing. But they're known for their twist endings where it's like, oh no, and then I got home and then the piano, or like I got home and like it turns out blah 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 blah. But this turns one, out I'm a robot. But this one doesn't do that. This one doesn't pull that. And I like it. I appreciate it. In a way, this was an unexpected twist ending because there's not really a twist Besides to it. Besides Ghost Next Door, this is the only one I can think of. And, yeah, that's the only one they can think of. There isn't some sort of thing. Um, return, uh, Horror Camp Jelly Jam. Oh, I mean the, one, the ones we've read so far. Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, do you want to, we do the, th as you, if, you, if you guys listen before, you know what we like to do is read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book and read it like it's a book in and of itself. So why don't you do that since I read it? Well, you're number 13 because you're, you're, well, I read the thing Okay. I just wanted to make it fair since... Okay. Um, 
I thought I was going to hate moving into a new house, but actually I had fun. I'm going to read this whole bit, the whole thing. I actually had fun. I made some good friends and was starting to get used to my new school. I was thinking seriously of trying out for the baseball team. I'm not a great hitter, but I'm good in the field. Everyone says I have great hands. End of book. So let's quickly... It's been I like the book more than I like the TV episode. I think it's more interesting to me and La La Loom. Yeah. I think maybe it's because I've seen the TV episode more. I feel like the TV episode's kookier and... Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, so the guy, the actor who plays Jerry, we can call him Jerry now. Okay. Um, the actor who plays Jerry was in the Welcome to Dead House, the two-part TV episode. Yes, and he was, and also, he was also in, also in Shocker, Shocker and Shock Street. Street. So they like to use this actor a whole I lot. I love it. And Kim in this episode is also Drew in Attack of the Jackliners. Yeah, and she, um, she, I've seen her at the gym. <laughs> Wasn't that interesting? That is so cool. I used to go to the gym and she was there. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I remember Matthew texting me because I mean I would have freaked out. I got excited. I really she's the the actress who plays Kim in this so episode. Good. She's the lead in an episode of uh, Attack of the Jack o' Lanterns, which is like obviously my fave besides um, the Haunted Mask. Mask. And I just thought I'd like made it, moved to LA when I'm like going to the gym, and she's like working out next to me. I'm like freaking out. Were you watching it on your phone or something? Yes. Or did I? Do we make that up? I think I was. Yeah. Let's just say you were. Yeah. Anyway, so this episode is season one, episode eight. An hour ago, we all watched it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it aired on December 8th, 19... I wrote 1985. Jeez. No, that ain't right. 1995. Mm-hmm. And some things that are different. We I love the actor that plays Jerry. I think he's great. I think he's really he's great, He's so actually. good. Yeah. And they, like I, his I, like, bowl cut. Don't you like a preach? He's, like, it's like a, a legit bowl, bowl it's cut. such a bowl cut. It's amazing. He, so the things that are different in the in, in the TV episode as opposed he like to the talks book. himself a lot. So yeah, he has a, instead of like playing pranks, he has a wild imagination, which I think works yeah, just yeah, fine. Yeah. And he finds the piano in the basement, not in the attic. Mm-hmm. I wonder wonder why they did that. I don't know. It's maybe they don't have to grapple the whole bringing the piano downstairs and all that. stuff. Yes, um, we also get the ghost really quickly here. We get her, and she's got. We forgot to say, in the book, her face melts off. Oh my gosh, you're right. The first time he sees the ghost in the book, in your sad smile and all that stuff, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you talk. Her face melts off, and you watch her skin fall off until it's just eyes stare, like all, it's like a skeleton with, I guess, no hands. We don't address that first. how terrifying is that? So like a handless skeleton... With just with just eyes after He's, everything flops off and he melts says off. her skin falls off like oh here it is page fifty three it's worth it I promise ooh the eyes closed and her cheeks began to droop her gray skin appeared to fall to melt away it drooped like cookie batter like soft clay it fell onto her shoulders then tumbled to the floor her hair followed falling off in thick clumps a silent cry escaped my lips as her skull was revealed her gray skull nothing remained of her face except for her eyes her gray eyes which bowled in the open socket staring at me through the darkness i love that stuff it makes me think of welcome to dead house it does make me think of it too oh gosh it's so scary no wonder he's freaking out Anyway, they don't do so that. When, you, when we see the ghost girl on the TV episode, she already has like the melty face thing kind I of going like on. I don't like her in the episode. I'm not, I'm not here I'm for not her. I'm not here for her. No. She, she, I don't like her. We'll get there. Let's get there. We're, we're going. So uh, the difference, Kim is, uh, you know, he, we. Kim's like, maybe we can jam together sometime. She doesn't freak out about, the, Dr. Shriek isn't brought up in the TV episode with Kim. She doesn't freak out. Um, She's like, G-G-G. But she, what she mentions is, Oh, a piano teacher used to live at your house. Yeah. 
I think the piano teacher story works better than the um, than I used to be a student at the school. I guess so, but I mean, <laughs> before we like get, get into the the real deets towards the end, I I have some questions about how this all goes down. Okay, so uh, you just wait. I, I am. I'm just sitting here waiting. So we get. We, we, this happens quickly. I think the, the TV show does a good job of taking the book and yeah. making it, like, yeah, yeah. picking up the pace. So they get to, he takes uh, lessons because of Kim. I like this. Because Kim's saying, we should jam together. He's like, yeah, yeah, cute girl. I remember something. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not making any assumptions about Jerry. Right. And he says, he was like, I want to learn how to play. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, t- he approaches his parents and says, I want to learn. And I like the idea. That he was, it was his idea. Yeah, he's all. And so they take him to Dr. Shriek's school. It's, I like that he does, Dr. Shriek doesn't come to Again, school. Again, we got some school. weird kind of set dressing going on here where it's like some. It's like some warehouse. Some like, like, on this, like underneath a, like a overpass again, kind of. And Weird. You, you can, you know, they just slop on a sign. I love, Dr. I, I love Dr. Shriek's interpretation. I think it's perfect of him. It's a, I love that he's a beret. See, I think he's a little bit too cartoony for my taste mm. because I feel like the second he shows up, you're like, that dude's a robot. This dude is crazy. Oh, I didn't think he's a robot, but I knew he was crazy. Well, you, I think he's pretty, he's, he's too wacky well, for me Well, that's the guy's casting, first of all. I guess so, Yeah. Well, yeah. But he, like, says, like, he brings him into the room or something. I forget the line that he Beautiful says. Beautiful lads. Yeah, and he kind of, like, he's like, come in here, Jerry, or whatever. And then, like, Jerry, it's as, Jerry. as he's, like, shutting the door, he kind of, like, looks out into the hallway and, like, kind of, like, shuts the door. So we, like, oh. know that there's something sinister going on already. Hi, I'm Adele Hawkins. This is my son, Jerry. Ah, Mr. Hawkins. I'm Dr. Shriek. I know it's a funny name, but it's a real attention getter. Have you ever played an instrument before, Mr. Hawkins? Mm. I can play Stairway to Heaven on the kazoo. The piano is considerably more demanding, but with hands like these, I'm sure you'll be a perfect student. Um, so... <laughs> marvelous. Simply marvelous hands. I love, but I also love, in the TV episode, they have moments where he's where he's practicing and he messes up a note and Dr. Shriek like kind of freaks a little bit. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What happened to your hands? They just don't work like they used to. But you, you have marvelous hands. Simply... Marvelous. He even falls. Can down I say something way. though? Yeah, so, of course like, you he, can. He has like his first like lesson or whatever with Doctor Shriek, and then he like sneaks out the door, and he's like, "I'm gonna go around the hallway and be like detective." And he goes Jerry exploring. And did you notice that? I love this. The song, the sad, sleepy. What song, song is that, by the way? Is that you like know, Moonlight just... Sonata or something? Am I making that up? Who? Oh, is Great. it? But what, what, I, what, what I loved is that when he's exploring the school, they play an upbeat version of that song. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh. But when he saw the words, do not enter, the drumbeat of adventure began to pound inside his fearless heart. Down, 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 went 
I do, I do love that. But he, he like this TV show war. He like tropes or he like bounces around or whatever. Then runs into the VCR thing. Yeah, which I feel like they handled really well in the TV. And episode. Mr. Toggle's like Mr. Toggle comes up. Mr. Toggle looks pretty much like he looks you think exactly like he would look. His silly but what boy. he says, he says something to, to Jerry about how great his hands are, and he's like, "Yeah, Doctor Shriek told me how great your hands are." Yeah. I'm like, exact dialogue from the book. But here's the thing: Jerry has just met Doctor Shriek. I know, I know. So I know. when would Doctor Shriek have had time to told Mr. Toggle, tell Mr. Toggle that Jerry has great hands? That doesn't make any sense. Phones, intercom. But with within the time that, okay, so presumably Jerry would have to leave the room, and Doctor Shriek would immediately have to call Doctor yes. Mr. Toggle and say Jerry has great hands, and then hang up, <laughs> and then because then then Jerry sees Mr. Toggle, Mr. Toggle's but, like Doctor Shriek told me I have great hands. But let's talk about it too. If if we're going along with the fact that. That Doctor Shriek is a robot. How would Mister? You're saying that even if Mister Toggle knows, if we're, if we're living in the environment that we know that Doctor Shriek is a robot and that Mister Toggle is in control of that robot, still Doctor Shriek would have to call Mister Toggle and tell him that. Or was there a way that Mister Toggle would know because he's like looking through Doctor Shriek yes. and would see how great his hands are? Yes. Okay. Also because he has all of those screens where he's watching every room. Yeah. Remember? Oh, and there's also when like when Mrs. Hawkins, when Adele Hawkins, Adele which I think is such Hawkins. a great name. Adele Hawkins, Mr. Hawkins, who comes up to like the front door, or whatever, and there's like a security camera with a robot voice. They're like, "State your name, please." Can I help you? Uh, oh, up there. Oh, uh, hello. Name, this is please. Uh, yes, it's uh Jerry Hawkins. He's here for his first piano lesson. Please come in. Thank you. So, like whatever they say or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, in the book, we 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 know that there are video screens in the auditorium workshop. Yeah. That he's watching every room. So if he were watching okay. it, he would know and he would hear it. So it makes total sense. And this is a perfect, flawless episode of television. Yes, Henty. So, uh, yes, he tells him, "We hear you have great hands." And then there's this moment that doesn't happen in the book where at night Jerry gets possessed possessed by the it, ghost that's the dream sequence in the TV episode I think episode. instead of having the dream sequence of him playing faster and faster and faster in the TV episode they tie it more into the story with the ghost to make it more cohesive right. and throw in so that the dream sequence dream. in the TV episode is listeners there's there's an episode there's a moment in the episode where uh, melty ghost face woman basically possesses, possesses Jerry as like, he's playing the piano and he like plays the piano like he's her but it's a dream sequence yeah well he wakes up from the dream hears the piano downstairs um, and sees the ghost woman there, and I love that there's ghost wind. I wrote down ghost wind. There's Hashtag lots of wind. Ghost there's wind. lots Get of ghost wind going on, and she says, "You will suffer. You will suffer. Stay away from the street school. It's evil." And she says that thing that only cartoon characters say, which says, "It's evil, evil." parents come downstairs like what's going on you're screaming and then the wind stops and and he's like it's a ghost it's a ghost and isn't there's a bonker there's the bonkers yeah they hear the piano then then it's bonkers bonkers. the ghost who's playing the piano there it's just bonkers that's all you saw i love that we include bonkers although in the tv episode bonkers is orange right was that right i think so yeah yes and in the book he's black with so, a white uh, spot above one eye. So, uh, pay attention. 
Anyway, I thought this was the official Goosebumps TV show. Lord. What a waste. So he goes back to um, Dr. Shriek's school, and, oh, well, the next morning after that incident, you guys saw this, but uh, the parents talk about taking him to a shrink. They kind of, they kind of. And I wrote down up. the parents seem actually cool, and they say, "Why don't you just give it one more try?" Yeah, I think the they're cooler cool. in the TV episode. They're cooler. We get than some they are wonky parents in the series, and these are pretty cool. Yeah, these are actually pretty cool. I really like them. So he goes back to the school, and he's at practice, and he bites his thumb at one point. What are you doing to him? And Doctor Shriek freaks out. You know, there's this big freak out. I said he gets so creepy, and. He looks at Jerry's marvelous. hands like he's going to eat them, right? Some marvelous hands. And this was really traumatizing. As a kid watching this, this was genuinely very scary. Yeah. And then this man grabbing your hands, and you're like, right, I'm telling yeah, of course. And he goes, no. And he runs. Anyway, it happens where he runs He says out. exactly like that. Let's the clip here. these hands. Yes, Jerry, I must have your beautiful hands. My God! Your beautiful hands. My God! Your beautiful hands! Beautiful hands! Wow, you was you're right. Yeah, and he runs freaking. He freaks out, runs down the hall, and Doctor Shriek is has that ama- my favorite moment of the whole episode where he's sort of following him, going beautiful hands, beautiful hands. I just love that because I beautiful. know I, I I would love to be there on set and see what the director said to that to the like, old guy. Yeah, he's like no more botic, more dance a little more, more yeah. like a. Demented Santa Claus. You yeah. know what I mean? I want the actor to be like, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to do it. And they have to do takes and takes See, and takes. Playing a of robot it. would be so I fun. know. And he does a great job. You know, I think it's, oh gosh, it's so good. So, Kat's played a robot before on stage. Didn't you, Kat? Wasn't it fun? I'm Jay. Yeah, that's Aww. right. So, Spook Night 1. So, same thing that happens, very similar to the book. He gets to the recital hall. Mr. Toggle saves the day with a remote and then says... And the hand gets ripped off. Oh, yeah, and you see that. And it's like... You see that he's a robot. Yeah. And Mr. Toggle, he's like, oh, Did thank- you guys think that was... I, we all knew he was a robot, right? Was that like a surprise to anybody? I thought... I, it was? Oh, cool. I'm so glad. Well, shut my mouth. So, and, and he's like, he's like thank you for great. saving Mr. Toggle. Thank you for saving Mr. Toggle. He says, let me see your hands, Jerry. Oh, you're okay. Yeah. I think I'm fine. Let me see your hands, Jerry. Let me see your hands. You? It's you. What the freak? I need your hands, Jerry. And he says, I need your hands. They're exquisite. And then the ghost shows up. I don't understand this woman's choice. Okay, now let's just I get into it. I don't understand this woman's she's choice. She's like kind of British a little bit for two seconds, but she's like, I don't like it. I don't either. I don't she wanna, shows I, I up. I could imitate it really well, but I'm not going to. Because I don't, I don't like well, it. Well, uh, let's just get into it. Here's the thing. So she shows up. Well, let's actually not. She shows up and, she's, and she freaks out on him and says... You should have practiced, you know, practiced or whatever. And she says that she reveals that she's Andrew Toggle's piano teacher. And see, the thing was like, I'm like, I when I was little watching this episode, I always thought it was his mother, not a piano teacher, because the mm. way he's like, no, I practice every day, you know, like he's like a little kid or something like that, yeah. which I don't really care for. And she's like, you should have practiced Andrew Toggle, yeah, you know, like that kind of thing that she does. I want you this time. 
teacher-student relationship, she's, it's getting a little bit too intimate for me, like how she's like getting all up in his grill about his piano playing. And he's like, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really make sense to me. You're right, it doesn't make sense. Because I was like, are you a mom? Like, what's going on here? Like, why is it that deep? What are we really talking about? You know what? I still, I honestly don't think, as perfect as Arlstein is, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have the ghosts of the house and then the Dr. Street going, stuff going on. It just doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how are they, like, I get that they're connected, but like, why? The ghost showed up before he went to Dr. Shriek, so he just happened to... I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, so um, basically it's the piano teacher and she kind of, you know, in the practice hall or whatever. And then Jerome, Jerry runs out and... Okay, something happens here too, which never happens never in the series ever. The, pa well, the parents see what's going on. And, okay, so she, like, he, like, runs out of the school, crazy canted camera angles, like, sheet music is flying around everywhere, and it's like, go, 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 we gotta get out of here before the school explodes. And so, like, the parents, like, pull up with the windshield wipers flapping back and the forth. The car starts shaking, there's wind out the of the car. The car's, like, Ghost rocking, wind. and, like, the mom's, like, Adele Hawkins is screaming and her hair is flying back. Word. And then, like, wiggly, melty-faced, green-gray British ghost woman comes out and, like, screams in their face, and they, like, drive away. Um, when I was, before Netflix happened, I was trying to, and, and the episodes were available to buy on iTunes, I was trying to <gasps> yes, find this say. episode on YouTube it just is, to it watch it. And in the YouTube version, it's, it's, it's um, cu cut from TV for Jetix. I forget what Jetix is exactly or whatever, but it's like know. in the corner it's saying like Jetix or whatever. And that TV version, they cut out that scene with the ghost woman coming because out. Because it's too scary. Because it was too scary. They do that some like later when it aired in Canada. I don't know. I feel like they cut that part out. Which Every now and then so in recent episodes, they cut parts out. I, I think that's so funny. That because I was watching out. it, waiting for the ghost wiggly woman to come out and do her thing, but it just cuts from him running out to the vi to the very end of the episode, and they cut that out completely. Yeah. Too scary. I thought it was really scary. GB7. Yeah, GB7. So it, it ends next day. They're playing like some sort of baseball something. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, they're like Jerry and Kim, and she's like, they're throwing a ball, and it's hitting some net. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't get it. And uh, with baseball mitts, I'm like, oh, I don't God. Know. What is that? And uh, he mentions to Kim that they're, they're, his parents are in therapy. Yeah, which I think is really funny. It's like how your parents dealing with it. I love how like Kim and Jerry like, yeah, there was a ghost and this thing happened, and now we're playing baseball. My parents freaked out, but that therapist is helping them. And then like they throw the ball and it bounces and he catches it or something, and and Jerome and she goes, good hands. And then it cuts back to the school, and she's like, keep playing Andrew Toggle practice, and he's like, till he turns. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like how long? He's like, how long to practice? And it was till he you lazy boy. And then it kind of fades out. And then end of episode. That's the end of it, you guys. 
I love this one. I love the book. I love this one. Too. I stand by my B plus. I like the book more than like the TV episode, even though the TV episode is a total blast. It is a, a total blast, it's and so I think much it's a fun. good classic. It's a really good classic Goosebumps episode, and I love the title "Piano Lessons Can Be Murder." I think it'd be a great name for a band. Yeah, like a, like a indie Brooklyn like trip hop kind of band, like Piano Lessons Can Why Be Murder. Why don't you make a song about it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> which we'll play in a second, but. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you so much, um, first of all, for our listeners for listening in. And, oh, um, honestly, th- thank you. We do, there's a couple shout-outs we want to give. I want to give a shout-out to my friend Syra, um, who wishes she could be here for live taping tonight, who's such a great fan. Thank you so much for your support. I want to thank Alec Wells for letting us use his microphone thank tonight. You, I want to thank Joe Gillette, without whom none of this would be possible, because it was kind of his idea. It was his idea to do this months ago, and I'm so glad we did it. And, and thank a, you for coming. There's another fan we want to talk. say hi to Oh, yeah, well. we got an email from Adam. Who I think is here. Really? Yes, right there. Um, thank you for listening. Oh thank my gosh, so I'm so much. glad that you're here. That's amazing. I'm so That's awesome. It makes me so happy. So next time we have um, we have the Werewolf of Fever Swamp coming up next, which is so different because Piano Lessons Can Be Murder is like this wintry cold book, and Werewolf of Fever, Fever Swamp, swamp is a sweaty old oh, swamp. Oh, God, book. it's so good. Get ready for that one. So, I can't wait to watch that episode. So tune in it's next terrifying. time, you guys. If you dare. <laughs> Offer to pay for lessons